The book of Numbers chronicles the journeys of, of God's people through the wilderness, uh, the time in between leaving Egypt and arriving in the promised land, gener- at the end of a generation. Numbers is the book in which uh, the spies go to search out the land. Uh, they come back with uh, ten Ten of them have a bad report, two of them have a good report, and, and the people decide to act in rebellion to God's word and not trust his promises and not go forward into the land. So they're condemned to wander for 40 years. And in the midst of that, at one point, they take to complaining. From, from Mount Hor, they set out by the way to the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom. And the people became impatient on the way. And the people spoke against God and against Moses. They said, why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water, and we loathe this worthless food. The worthless food that was provided for them um, in abundance to meet their needs by God himself. Then the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. And the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Pray to the Lord that he take away the serpents from us. So Moses prayed for the people. And the Lord said to Moses, Make a fiery serpent and set it on a pole, and everyone who is bitten when he sees it shall live. So Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on a pole. And if a serpent bit anyone, he would look at the bronze serpent, and live. There are a number of stories that are scattered throughout uh, the law of God, chronicling the history of his people wandering around. And some stories maybe you've heard different sermons on. This one I think would have passed our notice if someone had not drawn our attention to it. Centuries later, our Lord Jesus Christ, in explaining the gospel to a man named Nicodemus, who walked in darkness but was looking for light, Jesus pointed back to this in John chapter 3 and said this, As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that everyone or whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is is not condemned. Whoever does not believe is condemned already. So we we walk as those people walked. We are, uh, to just say that all that we've done is be impatient or complain about what God has given to us would be slight. The people deserved God's punishment of those serpents, to the point of death, we deserve God's punishment for our sins. Our sins are many. And yet his mercy for us is seen as clearly as a serpent on a pole lifted up in front of the people, provided by God. If you look, you will live. Jesus Christ, our Savior, 2,000 years ago, was lifted up so that he might draw from among all mankind to himself. That includes us. So we have come because God loved us in our sin, so much that he sent his one and only son, the preeminent one over all creation, all the universe. 
that if we would just look to him on the cross as the one that God has provided, we would not be condemned, that we would have life. And I know that we're gathering together as those who have looked on the one lifted up, the Son of Man, that we may have eternal life. We're here tonight to gather and to think uh, deeply about the sacrifice, the sufferings of Christ, which is more than just the cross. It, the sufferings of a life, a man of sorrows, climaxed on the cross. When darkness fell both literally and um, spiritually as the Father turned his face away from the Son uh, so that we would not be condemned. So we are, we are coming in, uh, I trust, in gratitude and humility and worship of Jesus lifted up on our behalf. Would you join me uh, as I open us up in prayer this evening? Lord Jesus Christ, surely you have borne our griefs and you have carried our sorrows. Yet although you were sent by your Father, the dearly loved one and only Son, to save us. And although you did no wrong, we esteemed you stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But you were not pierced for your transgressions. You were pierced for our transgressions. You were crushed for our iniquities. Upon you was the chastisement that we deserved, but that brought us peace. With your wounds, we are healed. Because all, all we, like sheep, we have gone astray. We have been impatient. We have complained. We have lusted and stolen and lied and hated and coveted. We have blasphemed and worshipped a variety of different idols. We have gone astray. We have turned everyone to our own way rather than your way. But you have laid on Christ. You have laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, you, Christ, you did not open your mouth in protest. You did not complain. By oppression, by judgment, you were taken away. As for your generation, your life, who considered you were cut off out of the land of the living, you were stricken for the transgression of your people. Your grave was made with a wicked, with a rich man in your death. Although you had done no violence, there was no deceit in your mouth, yet it was the will of the Lord, the gracious, eternal plan to redeem us. It was the will of the Lord to crush you and to put you to grief. And yet, when your souls made an offering for guilt, you were promised and you did see your offspring and prolong your days. The will of the Lord will prosper in your hand. Thank you for being numbered with the transgressors like us, being made one of us, for bearing the sin of many. And now, then, as you prayed, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, and as you continue to intercede for us, you intercede for transgressors. That is us. And yet you 
suffered on the cross, taking the punishment that our sins deserve, that we might have life and be freed from condemnation. Please draw our hearts to the truths of your word as we we read and hear, read and sing and come to your table today. I want to I want to worship you in this time. We've heard the passages read. We may have read them already this week. Yet would your spirit breathe uh, a new life into us to to hear them better, to hear them fresh, to hear them new, and to worship Christ our Savior uh, lifted up um, and being victorious through the cross. We thank you, Jesus, for your death for us, and we praise you for your resurrection and life in your name. Amen. Our confessional reading will happen after we sing a song. Let's stand. See the destined day arise, see a willing sacrifice, Jesus to redeem our loss, hangs upon the shameful cross, Jesus who but you could bear, wrath so great and justice fair. Every pang and bitter throw Finishing your life of woe Hallelujah, hallelujah Lamb of God for sinners slain Hallelujah, hallelujah Jesus Christ, we praise your name. Who but Christ had dared to drain, steeped in gall the cup of pain, and with tender body bare, thorns and nails and piercing spears. Slain for us, the water flow, mingled from your side with blood, signed to all attesting eyes of the finished sacrifice. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lamb of God for sinners slain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, we praise your name. Holy Jesus, grant us grace in that sacrifice to place. All our trust for life renewed, pardon sin. Grant us grace to sing your praise Round your throne through endless days Ever with the sons of light Blessing, honor, glory, might Hallelujah, hallelujah 
of God for sinners slain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, we praise your name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lamb of God for sinners slain. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus Christ, we praise your name. You can have a seat. As you do, a few, um, a couple questions from the, the Heidelberg Catechism. Um, written to help us be instructed in the truths of the gospel. So I'll read the question, uh, we'll read the answer, and we'll, we'll do two of these. Uh, what do you confess when you say that he suffered? During all the time he lived on earth, but especially at the end, Christ bore in body and soul the wrath of God against the sin of the whole human race. Thus, by his suffering, as the only atoning sacrifice, he has redeemed our body and soul from everlasting damnation and obtained for us the grace of God, righteousness, and eternal life. Why was it necessary for Christ to humble himself even unto death? Because of the justice and truth of God, satisfaction for our sins could be made in no other way than by the death of the Son of God. As we move through the rest of our gathering, we'll sing a little bit. We'll hear readings that walk us through uh, what we could call the passion narratives, the, the trials that Jesus endured uh, before Pilate or before Herod. We'll read about his agony in the garden. We'll read about his crucifixion. We'll read about his burial. And in between each of those, as we hear from the Gospels, the truth of those things read, uh, we'll have, you'll have, we will all together have an opportunity to respond congregationally as, uh, in the words of the New Testament authors, uh, pointing us back to those things. How did Peter think about the trials of Christ? How does he point us to that? How did, how did they think about the silence that he endured in his suffering? What does it tell us about his death on that tree? Um, and what truth even of the gospel is contained in the, the fact of his burial? And then with all of those things in our mind, we'll come together to the Lord's table. Awesome. Let's, let's stand again. Alas, and did my Savior bleed, and did my Sovereign die? Would he devote that sacred head for such a worm as I? Was it for sins that I groaned upon the tree amazing pity grace unknown and love beyond degree my God why would you shed your blood 
so pure and undefiled to make us sinful one like me your chosen precious child well might the sun in darkness hide and shut his glories in when Christ the mighty maker died for man the creature's sin thus might i hide my blushing face while his dear cross appears dissolve my heart in thankfulness and melt my eyes My God, why would you shed your blood so pure and undefiled to make a sinful one like me, your chosen precious child? My God, why would shed your blood so pure and undefiled to make a sinful one like me your chosen precious child Amen, you may have a seat Reading from the book of Mark. And when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And Jesus said to them, You will all fall away, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter said to him, Even though they all fall away, I will not. And Jesus said to him, Truly I tell you, this very night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he said emphatically, If I must die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said the same. And they went to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to the disciples, Sit here while I pray. And he took with him Peter and James and John and began to be greatly distressed and troubled. And he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch. And going a little further, he fell on the ground and prayed that if it were possible, the hour might pass from him. And he said, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, 
yet not what I will, but what you will. And he came and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, Simon, are you asleep? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again he went away and prayed, saying the same words. And again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were very heavy, and they did not know what to answer him. And he came the third time and said to them, Are you still sleeping and taking your rest? It is enough. The hour has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let's read together from Hebrews chapter 5. Read with me. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death. And he heard because of his... Although he was a son, he learned obedience through what he suffered. And being made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him, being designated by God a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. reading from Mark. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And he was sitting with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. And some stood up and bore false witness against him, saying, We heard him say, I will destroy this temple that is made with hands, and in three days I will build another not made with hands. Yet even about this their testimony did not agree. And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, have you no answer to make? What is it that these men testify against you? But he remained silent and made no answer. Again, the high priest asked him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the blessed? And Jesus said, I am, and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with the clouds of heaven. And the high priest tore his garment and said, what further witnesses do we need? You have heard his blasphemy. What is your decision? And they all condemned him as deserving death. And some began to spit on him and to cover his face and to strike him, saying to him, Prophesy. And the guards received him with blows. And as soon as it was morning, 
the chief priests held a consultation with the elders and scribes and the whole council, and they bound Jesus and led him away and delivered him over to Pilate. And Pilate asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? And he answered him, You have said so. And the chief priests accused him of many things. And Pilate again asked him, Have you no answer to make? See how many charges they bring against you? But Jesus made no further answer, so that Pilate was amazed. Now at the feast, he used to release for them one prisoner for whom they asked. And among the rebels in prison who had committed murder in the insurrection, there was a man called Barabbas. And the crowd came up and began to ask Pilate to do as he usually did for them. And he answered them, saying, Do you want me to release for you the king of the Jews? For he perceived that it was out of envy that the chief priests had delivered him up. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd to have him release for them Barabbas instead. And Pilate again said to them, Then what shall I do with the man you call the king of the Jews? And they cried out again, Crucify him. And Pilate said to them, Why? What evil has he done? But they shouted all the more, Crucify him. So Pilate, wishing to satisfy the crowd, released for them Barabbas, and having scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. And the soldiers led him away inside the palace, that is, the governor's headquarters. And they called together the whole battalion, and they clothed him in a purple cloak, and twisting together a crown of thorns, they put it on him, and they began to salute him. Hail, King of the Jews! And they were striking his head with a reed and spitting on him and kneeling down in homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. Let's read together again from the book of First Peter. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you might follow in his steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. Well, let's stand together and sing once again. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of I count but loss and poor contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord. 
that I should boast, save in the death of Christ, my God, all the vain things that charm me. They compelled a passerby, Simon of Cyrene, who was coming in from the country, the father of Alexander and Rufus, to carry his cross. And they brought him to the place called Golgotha, which means place of a skull. And they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. And they crucified him and divided his garments among them, casting lots for them to decide what each should take. And it was the third hour when they crucified him. And the inscription of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. And with him they crucified two robbers, one on his right and one on his left. And those who passed by derided him, wagging their heads and saying, Aha, you who would destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, save yourself and come down from the cross. So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, he saves others, he cannot save himself. Let the Christ, the King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. 
Those who were crucified with him also reviled him. And when the sixth hour had come, there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And at the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, which means, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And some of the bystanders hearing it said, Behold, he's calling Elijah. And someone ran and filled the sponge with sour wine, put it on a reed, and gave it to him to drink, saying, Wait, let us see whether Elijah will come to take him down. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. And the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion who stood facing him saw that in this way he breathed his last, he said, Truly, this man was the Son of God. There were also women looking on from a distance, among whom were Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James, the younger and of Joseph and of Salome. When he was in Galilee, they followed him and ministered to him. And there were also many other women who came up with him to Jerusalem. Let's read together again from First Peter, picking up right where we left off. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. By his wounds you have been healed, for you were like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. from the Gospel of John. Since this was the day of preparation, and so that the bodies would not remain on the cross on the Sabbath, for the Sabbath was a high day, the Jews asked Pilate that their legs might be broken and they might be taken away. So the soldiers came and broke the legs of the first and of the other who had been crucified with him. But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. But one of the soldiers pierced his side with a spear, and at once there came out blood and water. He who saw it has borne witness. His testimony is true, and he knows that he is telling the truth, that you also may believe. For these things took place that the scripture might be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And another scripture says, They look on him whom they have pierced. After these things, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might take away the body of Jesus, and Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took away the body. Nicodemus also, who earlier had come to Jesus by night, came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about 75 pounds in weight. So they took the body of Jesus and bound it in linen cloths with spices, as is the burial custom of the Jews. Now in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had been yet laid. So because of the Jewish day of preparation, since the tomb was close at hand, 
they lead, laid Jesus there. Let's read together from 1 Corinthians 15. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. Let's stand and sing together. His wounds 
think that there's a more fitting explanation of the gospel that we could get than that that very truth you know what why should I gain from his reward Uh, if you have an answer for your worthiness of the gospel um, then you don't know the gospel (laughs) Um, because it's it's our unworthiness that makes us qualified a recognition of our our unworthiness and Christ's worthy, that's the, the exchange that we think of in the gospel, right? Christ, righteous, perfect, worthy, delighted in by his Father, us, sinful, separated, unworthy, uh, deserving condemnation, and yet the exchange that took place on the cross, that Jesus Christ uh, went not for his sins, for his, un, for his unworthiness, uh, for our unworthiness, for your unworthiness, and so as we come to the table, that's the same, that's really the same mindset that we need to have each time that we come to the table, each day that we come before the Lord in faith to remind ourselves of the gospel, to go to his word, to go to him in prayer, whether that's for our daily bread or for forgiveness of our sins or for seeking kingdom purposes, that Christ would be glorified in our lives. It's, it's all built and flowing out of our unworthiness and Christ's worthiness. So um, I don't remember where first was, was pointed out to me. Um, throughout, throughout Scripture, references aspects of this too, but uh, there's something to the fact that you know, we don't collect our offerings here when you come to the Lord's table. Uh, and and we, you, don't, you don't turn in a sheet for how well you did this week on your Bible reading or your prayer, right? It's kind of like, well, how did you do this week? Um, now go back. Try again next time. That's not, that's not what happens here. Uh, Christ says, come empty-handed, you can bring nothing to me. I have done it all. Come and receive and partake and live. And that's the message of the gospel for us. So uh, I trust that as we have thought through Christ's words that the, the Spirit has caused different pieces of that to stick out. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the gospel promise, right? Well, son, daughter, will never leave you or forsake you. Why? Because of Christ. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to be a member at Risen King Church, but uh, if you have come to Christ by faith to say, I have nothing, I'm unworthy, I want the forgiveness and righteousness that you offer through, the death of, through your death on the cross, I believe in your resurrection. Uh, that's, I believe that that's of first importance, that Christ died for our sins, that he was buried, that he rose again on the third day, that he appeared, that it was real. You believe that to be true? and grasp and cling, that's what faith is, clinging to the significance of that for your soul, and the promise of the gospel is you are forgiven and you have eternal life through Jesus Christ. And so if that is true, then 
then Jesus off, invites you to come to this table. This is he offered it to his first disciples. He said, take and eat this. This is for you. This is me for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This cup, this is my blood for you. Drink this, all of it. Do this um, because you're my followers. You're my disciples. And then we have that looking forward as well. Let me give thanks for the bread and the cup. Uh, what we're going to do this time, a little bit different than maybe our normal practice, you will come and receive the elements, return to your seats, then we're going to sing together, and then we'll partake, okay? Um, we'll do that together as well, just so you know what to expect. But allow me to give thanks, uh, as Christ did so many years ago. Uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, um, you are our one God, you are our Redeemer, Thank you for the perfect and eternal plan of redemption that was fulfilled by Christ coming, living without sin uh, on this earth, uh, a human life like ours yet without sin. And for his death on the cross and the sacrifice of himself for us. Thank you for this bread, for this cup, pointing us back to the, to the gospel, the truth, what happened um, in his death, burial, and resurrection, and also reminding us the guarantee of the promises of forgiveness and eternal life. Uh, in his death and his resurrection, it is, it is sealed and guaranteed. No one can take away what Christ has done for us. It is a permanent and perfect gift um, stored in heaven for us. So thank you for Jesus. Please draw our hearts to you in worship even as we come forward. And remind us of our sin, of your grace, and of the forgiveness that we have through faith in him. Amen.
let's stand together. Here is love, vast as the ocean, loving kindness as the flood. When the prince of life are ransomed, shed for us his precious blood, who his love cannot remember. Can cease to sing his praise, he will never be forgotten throughout heaven's eternal days. On the mount of Fountains open deep and wide Through the floodgates of God's mercy Float a vast and gracious time Grace and love like mighty rivers Poured in sun from above heaven's peace and perfect justice kissed a guilty world in love here is love that conquered evil Christ the firstborn from the grave, death has failed to be found equal to the life of him who saved. In the valley of our darkness, dawned his everlasting life, perfect As repel death's hellish night. That same love beyond all measure, mocked and slain by hateful man, lives and reigns in resurrection and can die again here is love for all the ages radiant sun of heaven he stands calling home his father's children holding forth his wounds love vast as the heavens countless as the stars above 
are the souls he has adopted precious daughters treasured sons we are called to peace forever on a love beyond our time glorious father son and spirit now with man are intertwined we are called to peace forever on a love beyond our time glorious father son and spirit now with man are Mark said in Mark chapter 14, as they were eating, Jesus, he took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to them and said, take, this is my body. And he took a cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them. And they all drank of it, and he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. You know, the, the disciples on the night that Jesus died, can we, can we even fathom the grief that they experienced that day and on Saturday, even Sunday morning as they arose? You know, our experience is different with that because we know, right, that... It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. I think there's even a song that, uh, that celebrates that in triumph. There's a certainty that comes even from this. You know, Jesus lifted up that cup and he handed it to them. And he pointed them forward to the future, not just to the resurrection, but something that we still look forward to. Because one day, when Jesus comes back and he gathers his people together, Scripture says that there's going to be a feast. That the head of that table will be the head of our family, a husband of a bride, gathered together in celebration, and on that day, for the first time in 2,000 years and counting, Jesus will lift up a cup of celebration and worship to the glory of his Father. He promised that here when he said, truly I say to you, I will not drink again of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. I think there's another text that says, when I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. That promise is for us as well. And so when we leave tonight, we leave with hope. The certain expectation that, that even as Jesus did this before he died for us, he was saying, there's going to be a celebration together at the other side of all of this that he purchased for us on the cross. So we give thanks. Lord Jesus, we give thanks to you. You came for us. You lived for us. You died for us. You rose for us, and you are coming back for us. Fill us with um, the excitement of hope and an unshifting faith 
in all that you have said and all that you have accomplished for us, that we may live uh, in joy and in peace and in love and for your glory. Amen. Our benediction text, Revelation chapter 1. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Amen.